Digital. Student-centred. Creative. Innovation. Imagination. Initiative. Stories that matter. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Tales of Teaching Online. My name is Laura Tubino, and today I'm joined by Julian Ugon from the School of Information Technology. Julian is going to talk to us about his work in redesigning his unit and assessment to empower students to take ownership of their own learning. So hello, Julian. Would you like to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and the unit you teach? Sure. So uh, I'm a math lecturer in the School of Aichi, and I teach uh, a few math units at this university. Uh, the most notable, I would say, is, uh, is a first-year discrete math unit that is core in many degrees. So I get a lot of students who come to the unit with um, a, lot, a bit of anxiety at the prospect of having to do math and maybe a little bit of confusion of why they have to do math. And then I have some students who are really excited to be here and taking the, the, the unit as an elective. So a very broad range of experience and background. And... Tell us what is different from your unit and the more traditional math units. Uh, I think there are a lot of things that I do differently from traditional math units, but I think I would say that the central tenet is that um, I shift the power and decision to the students. Um, this, I think, captures everything else that I'm trying to do. So I'm trying to avoid to control them and uh, I'm trying to avoid how they, to control how they engage with the unit. And instead I try to meet them in their own terms. Uh, they set the pace, they, uh, they spend the time they need to, um, to, learn, to understand the content. And to some extent, I let them choose how much and what they learn in the unit. Uh, in practical terms, what this means for me is that I could be working at the same time in the same week with different students on five different topics in the same week. Um, so my only limitation, of course, you have limitations that I have a set of learning outcomes in the unit, like every unit that they are all required to achieve at a certain standard. And that includes setting core content knowledge that I'm expecting all of them to master at the end of the trimester. Aside from that, I'm really trying to put all the, all the control on them. That sounds fantastic. But how did you, how did you decide to focus your attention on, on, personalizing the your teaching because that sounds like it's a really personal experience for each one of the students yes it is actually i'm glad that you that you that you pick on that because this is um almost a, a consequence of this empower, empowerment um uh, look the, the thing is that we're tertiary education and we teach young and less young adults and i've always been a little bit un uneasy with the fact that we don't always treat them as adults um ultimately our students chose to be doing what they're doing, chose to enroll in the degrees where they enrolled. And I think it's a bit unfair to both them and us to uh, take control over their progress. Um, I, th I think it's infantilizing. Um, and in my opinion, we can't expect them to become professionally functional if we're removing all the responsibility from them. So once I got to that idea and once, once I, 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 I became more and more conscious of it, then the goal of empowering students and making them responsible and taking personal responsibility and control over their progress is quite natural. That sounds great, but I suppose a question that we may all have is, how do you do that in a big classroom? Because I, I'm not sure how many students does your unit have? At the moment, I have about 600. Hmm. So how do you do that for 600 students? 
It's a really good question. Um, and um, one thing I would say is that I don't think that I could have done that 50 years ago. One thing that really made me able to do that is the use of technology. So I'm, I have far more uh, media to use to deliver content, to support students. And I put a lot of emphasis in giving access to students through, uh, to me and to the, con to the content through different media. I put a lot of effort into, and I, was, I got some, a lot of help also from the university and part of the Cloud First uh, team uh, to put the content in an accessible way in the unit site. Um, everything is available, all the content is available, all the assessments are available from the start. I use on track for assessing, which uh, people may or may not be familiar with, but that's a way for me to have some dialogic um, um, feedback online. And I spend a lot of time also with asynchronicity, asynchronous support of the students. We have a lot of a very large cohort of cloud students, some of whom cannot actually interact with me any other way. And so the, my discussion forums, for instance, are really uh, used as an opportunity for teaching. So a lot of it is relying on the technology that we have access. Not, you know, it's not fancy. None of it is fancy technology. I think the way, um, more importantly, is I have a variety of technologies that I can use uh, online and also, of course, face to face and uh, and um, and you know the more traditional way. And I also like this. Also brings the question of whether all students are prepared for for this kind of freedom and agency. Like, how do the students respond to this approach? Okay, a really, really good question. Again, um, no, they're not all prepared. They, um, it, it took me a few iterations to get it right, um, and I'm still learning how to do it. Uh, but for the students, it's, it's quite a journey. You know, it's um, often when they come, they don't have, they have the expectation of the traditional lecture practical model. The lecturer dictates everything. They dictate what the content, what is the con what content they need to learn. They dictate at which rate they learn. The the thing is the, the the lectures are very structured and the students have to follow you know the the passengers in that unit. Um, so to them it's very puzzling when the first thing they they uh, they find out is that they have to set the pace and they are in control of the learning activities and they are in control of the pace um, and they are the ones in charge. Um, they just wonder what's the point, what kind of support they're going to get. So the first few weeks, I really need to spend a lot of time, uh, sorry, a lot of, of effort uh, to help them ease into that. I put, I have a whole module on my site that explains how it works with videos and so on. And then the first few classes is where I really capture them. The first few assessments is really where I start interacting with them and they start noticing that the support they're getting is actually more valuable to them eventually because the support the the the, the support comes from them uh, in the sense that they they get the support at the time they need on what they need once they get that they're really warmer to it so this is really the feedback that I often get at the end of the trimester is ah oh, at the beginning I really didn't quite understand what I was supposed to do and how it worked once I got it I loved it um, something that comes up quite often is um, is pride. And another thing I'll, I'll just add is the students start learning for the right reason, which is quite unusual in a service in a unit in service unit like mine, where people are not necessarily aware of why they're taking it. Um, just this week, as an anecdote, just this week I had two separate students asking me questions and feedback on 
uh, on uh, some content, on some, on some exercises that they found challenging. And to both of them, I said that my teacher's opinion was that they knew it well enough. And both responded by saying, well, actually, I don't think so. I'm going to spend a bit more time on it because I don't feel confront- confident with it. And that's a very different experience for me as a teacher to have a student tell me that they disagree with me, that they, they know that, that, that well enough and then they want to spend more time on it. It's really very rewarding. That sounds, in fact, great. And I suppose we all know that assessment is uh, drives very strongly the engagement of students. So how can assessment um, cater for these differences in pace and students? How does how your, your assessment work? So again, I use technology there quite a bit. Um, and one of the things that I do is when we're assessing students, there's different levels of feedback. So I'm going to talk as, about first my experience as a, as a teacher giving feedback. And there's different levels of feedback, whether it's in math or something else, or you know, when, you, when you're marking an essay, you have things like the number of words, you have things like whether they have uh, put the right number of citations and so on. So you have the low level feedback in almost every assessment types. And so I'm trying to shift that low level feedback to be done automatically. That's my first strategy. And what this does is it gives me an opportunity to randomize some of that and to give the, the students feedback when they're ready to get it. So they can somebody can do it in, in one week and then somebody else can come to the assessment two weeks later and it doesn't add more work to me. And what this does is then it gives me more time to actually give them feedback on the content. I give them some flexibility on, on, on my assessment. So what I have is what I call a lesson review. And the lesson review is basically, in a sense, I'm not going to go into the details for this podcast, but I'm happy to expand on that. But in a sense, it's basically asking them what they learned and what they know and giving them the objectives of what, what I want them to learn. And they come back to me with a lot of creativity and a lot of, of different ways of showing that. But after that, it becomes a negotiation between them and, and, and me or the tutors, the, 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 the teaching team, where they their task is no longer, again, you know, it's all about shifting the responsibility on them. It's not my job anymore to design activities that checks their knowledge. It's their job to design a response to my questions so that I become convinced that they know it. And so I build my assessment tasks just like, like I build everything else. The responsibility is on them. They are in charge. They have to think, what do I need to show Julian to, tell, to, to convince him that I know this stuff? And through the lesson reviews, that allows me to actually um, uh, differentiate the dates so that a, a student, a less confident student that needs more time will, um, will be able to submit two weeks later without me having to, to propose any solution to the problems, for instance. That sounds amazing. That sounds really great. And I suppose this model came with some challenges. So can you talk to us a little bit about uh, what the biggest challenge that you encountered in this journey were? Yeah, there are some challenges for sure. Um, like I said, it took me a while to get it right and I'm still I'm still working on it. I'm still progressing. I think the main challenge is to shift mentalities, uh, starting from my own, where you really, you know, it's a bit scary to um, give control to students um, when they are not used to it and you are not used to it. Um, and because I teach a large unit, there's a lot of people involved. So it's not about shifting my mentality. It's also shifting the mentality of the students. It's also shifting the mentality of the tutors, of the sessionals, of the markers, of the other lecturers. There's a lot of, of um, 
efforts that need to go down to go to that. Um, and um, it's hard for the teachers to get the confidence to let the students lead the process. And it's also very hard for the students to gain the confidence to take ownership of it. So this is really the challenge um, that you have. Once you've got that right, then I would say it becomes a lot easier because everything rolls along. Uh, along. You basically, once the students are in charge, you just, you just follow along. It's almost easier for us. That, that sounds promising. Um, what advice would you give any academics who are thinking about introducing this type of approach into their units? Uh, two advice. The first one is uh, to have faith, to have faith in people and in particular in your students. Um, I know what it is when you're dealing with students who come and prepare to class, um, who keep requesting extensions, sometimes with absurd excuses. Uh, they have sometimes very poor work habits. Uh, it's, it's really hard to believe that they can uh, take responsibility. And, um, and I get it because I've been there. Uh, but it turns out that uh, when you treat people like children, they behave like children. That's what it is. And when you start giving them responsibility, then they take responsibility. And, and ultimately, they start learning better and they enjoy it more. So really remember that the students sometimes are behaving in a way that we don't want them to behave because that's what we're expecting. So it's a, it's a, uh, it's a cycle that we need to break. Uh, my other advice is to talk to people who have experienced it. Um, feel free, people can feel free to reach out to me uh, and I'm happy to discuss my experience, to give advice for people to learn from my mistakes. Um, I know I'm not the only one at the university doing that sort of things. Um, so, you know, don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not the, I'm not, I'm sure that there are other people who can also um, share their ideas and experience. So do make use of that. Do make use of the experience from people. And then what you should do is take those ideas and take ownership of it and adapt it to your own practice and your own beliefs. That sounds wonderful. Great advice. Thank you very much, uh, Julian, for joining us today and sharing your experience. Thanks, Laura, for having me. <laughs> Bye.